Hey guys, welcome to the Vertebros Podcast. I'm Dr. Charles Fredella. And I'm Dr. Dange Wolf. Thanks for joining us. Each episode, we'll be interviewing different docs and health and fitness professionals to learn about them and how they treat their patients. If you enjoy our content, be sure to give us a like, follow, and share us with your friends. And without further ado, let's get started. All right, everybody. Uh, today, we are here with Dr. Nick Yap, coming in from, where are you, Nick? I'm right now in Victoria, BC, Canada. The Great White North. Awesome. Uh, what, what, what brought you up there? My wife and her family is originally here from Victoria. And so when I was going through chiropractic school, we made the decision to, you know, move up here and start here instead of being in the States. There's really no rhyme or reason. I just wanted to come here. It's beautiful here in Victoria, and I love the atmosphere, and I like the, the billing here in Canada. <laughs> it's, it's less messy compared to the, the U.S. with all the private insurances and such. So that's well, another reason. That definitely <laughs> is a big plus. I get around that by just being a cat. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Nick, where, uh, where are you from originally? So I was born and raised in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And my family and I immigrated to the States in 2006, where I grew up in Seattle, uh, more like north of Seattle in Everett, Washington. Okay. And then, you know, bounced around uh, in that area until I left to eastern Washington, to Pullman, Washington, for my undergrad at Washington State University, go Cougs. And then afterwards, um, Portland for chiropractic school at University of Western States. Very cool. And... Uh... You didn't, uh, you didn't start off as a chiropractor. What, what was your, uh, your profession prior to chiropractic school? So prior to chiropractic school, I worked as an Italian chef for about 11 years. And uh, I, I miss it. I miss the kitchen, but I don't miss the long hours and long days. Yeah, I bet. And I still cook a bunch. <laughs> I, can, I can attest to that. And mm -hmm. he is a phenomenal chef. Oh, you're Great. too kind, Charlie. No, I'm, no, I'm literally not. I've been, I've been <laughs> quite the jerk, actually. But, um, <laughs> I can second the, the Nicky App cooking. Oh, thanks, Dange. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, I feel the love. Feel the love. Well, good. You need to deserve it. So, um, getting back on track here. Uh, of course. What, what brought you to chiropractic? So, when I was in my undergrad at Washington State University in Pullman, I worked as a intern strength and conditioning coach at the for for the program for the varsity athletes, sure. um, and you know I've always been in tune with fitness, but then never really thought about chiropractic as an avenue until I shadowed a chiropractor, um, Dr. Shane Carnahan over in Pullman, Washington. He owns Carnahan Chiropractic. I spent some time with him, and I saw. Um, you know, essentially the service or what he provided for his patients. And that really, I was drawn to that, um, mainly because his patients come in angry, they leave happy, you know. And uh, I like to think that chiropractic is very much a, a happy service. You know, we're in the happiness business. For sure. Uh, yeah. What was the style of chiropractic there? He was mostly a Gonstead-trained uh, chiropractor. I believe um, he and um, and a little bit of uh, Cox and SOT, which I believe is sacro-occipital technique. Mm -hmm. With the blocks, uh, 
yes, but primarily a Gonstead practitioner for the most part oh, so uh, during my time there. Yeah, he, he primarily blasted people and then occasionally just laid them on blocks. <laughs> no, I mean that would be like the Cliff Notes version. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, we're just making it simple for all the listeners out there that are. I like it, but it sounds like he did it well. So yes, and yes. And, and and if nothing else, he got you into the profession, which is awesome. Which is a yes. blessing to the profession, honestly. Mm-hmm. He was the one that brought me into sort of the introduction to the profession. And then uh, my anatomy teacher in undergrad, Dr. Philip Morgan, uh, who is a chiropractor, graduated from Western States. And so he recommended the school. And then uh, next thing you know, you know, I, I got to meet you guys in Portland. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so kind of want to touch on where you're at now. Um, okay. So, Canada having some issues with uh, getting licensed and visa and all that stuff. Um, kind of, kind of talk us through that. What, what's your struggles been so far? So since so we graduated September of last year, and sure. since then um, I moved up here to Canada, and because I'm not a Canadian citizen, the College of Chiropractors here in BC uh, can't necessarily grant me licensure and so uh, the whole visa process has been delayed and the Canadian board exams so I I'm board certified in the state of Washington um, but I am not yet board certified here in in British Columbia of Canada because the exams have been delayed pretty much since the beginning of the year. I was supposed to take the last portion of the Canadian exams February of this year, which should, you know, uh, should put me at about uh, mid-March for licensure, but that got postponed until recently. Uh, I wrote the last portion of my Canadian board exams three and a half, almost four weeks ago, and and received the results uh, several days ago. Uh, I'm now eligible for licensure here in Canada, but uh, still waiting on that one more piece of paper uh, that says that I can legally uh, hold a job here, at which point then the college would uh, grant me my licensure. Very cool. So a ton of issues. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of roadblocks. But, uh, you know, I... I'm, I'm choosing to be patient and positive, and, you know, it's, it's continued to pay me forward until now. So can't complain. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Um, what are you? Uh, what have you kind of been doing in the meantime? You've been there essentially. I think you said since September. Yeah. Yeah. So almost a full year. Uh, I've been here. Uh, since I've been here, I've been doing a lot of continuing education. Uh, since I'm not actively, you know, in practice like a lot of my colleagues, like you guys, uh, right away, I needed to, you know, keep my clinical skills sharp. So. A lot of continuing education from all over. Somatic Senses is, is one of the main uh, platforms that I use for continuing education. Uh, I've been reviewing a lot of my old McKenzie books. I've been doing a lot of content creating on Instagram. And then eventually I want to start branching out into YouTube. So I've been doing a lot of planning for that right now. And, you know, trying to build a presence here in the community. So... Uh, volunteering wherever I can, and then shadowing a bunch of docs around town. Love it. Very cool. Yeah. 
what uh, what Mackenzie seminars have you have you completed so far? I finished part A, which is uh, lumbar spine, and part B, which is cervical spine, uh, in my last year of the program. Right. Yeah. I so part that. A, B. I know there's a part C and D that follows. If you want uh-huh. to become a accredited uh, McKenzie practitioner. Okay. But uh, I'm halfway there, and I don't, I'm not sure if they're currently holding any classes. But eventually, I'd like to to go down that route when I have time. Sure. No, I and, think that personal preference work has has been really beneficial, and I think yeah. I think it's a great tool to give people something to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. Absolutely, it's such a great tool, right? It's not the end all be all, but it definitely is a very effective tool for for certain yeah. cases. Good thing to have a toolbox for sure. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about your preceptorship. Uh, I know you you had one with uh, Dr. Lee up in Seattle. Let's, yes. Can we talk about that? What what kinds of conditions did you see a lot? Yeah. What kinds of, of skills did you you develop while in your preceptorship? I love to talk about Dr. Lee. Dr. Lee is the owner. And chiropractor of Mobility Plus Sports Rehab in downtown Seattle. And my preceptorship with him was life-changing. Uh, not only was he my preceptor doc, he was also and currently still is like a mentor to me. Uh, his practice is was built on a lot of the desk jockeys and weekend warriors around the area of the Seattle South Lake Union area. So a lot of cervical disc, a lot of lumbar disc, and a lot of extremity nerve pain cases. So, uh, you know, I got integrated very, very early, and the transition was extremely smooth because um, I've always wanted to, to take a neurodynamics course by, you know, Michael Shacklock, and he has hosted Michael Shacklock many, many times, so he himself is a... Uh, I guess you would call him a neurodynamic uh, practitioner as well. Like guru almost, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, and you know, coming from the McKenzie training that I've had during school, it played so well. You know, I found that for the dis- discogenic type cases or disc pain cases, if McKenzie, if they didn't respond to McKenzie, they probably more than likely will respond to the neurodynamic model. And so that was another tool that I got to learn, practice, and add to my tool belt. Um, and now, you know, going into my early years of uh, chiropractic, I feel really comfortable with, you know, disc-type cases and, like, nerve-type cases in the extremities. Very cool. So, Nick, a uh, quick question on a follow-up on that. Um, you kind of made mention that if, Mackenzie doesn't work, the neurodynamics most likely will. Uh, yes. So just kind of uh, give us a little rundown on maybe why you wouldn't start with neurodynamics then. Oh, that's an interesting question. I haven't actually thought of it that way because I thought you were going to ask me the other way. So how I utilize, uh, I hope this answers your question, but how I would think to utilize neurodynamics instead of Mackenzie is say if a patient came in and they were extremely acute, meaning uh, all motions are painful, uh, including let's say if I had a patient that came in and they hurt their back when they bent forward to tie their shoe, that sort of tells me that they don't like to bend forward. So the McKenzie principle typically would start with them 
um, you know, exploring the opposite direction, in this case, uh, backward bending for a directional preference. Uh, but in the acute setting, sometimes even that, although could help, may not be the right thing at that very moment. And then this is where I would then maybe, you know, pivot to neurodynamic, the neurodynamic model uh, in the acute cases where I could put them in a sideline static opener to relieve some pressure on that disc uh, and nerve. Uh, and I find that uh, that's been quite effective, especially in those really uh, hot backs, as we call them, right, in Cairo School? Yeah. Hot neck, hot back. So Nick, uh, once you start, what would be your ideal patient demographic and what kind of conditions would you hope to treat the most? I, I mean, as a chiropractor, definitely the spine. <laughs> but uh, I would say my ideal patients are... I may not give a, uh, as good of an answer as you'd like, but what I'm thinking of my ideal patient is, you know, somebody who's invested in their own health. Um, I know this is super general, but I find that those patients tend to be the most fun to work with because they've got skin in the game. Um, and with that being said, I, I tend to lean towards a more active approach to care rather than a passive approach to care. Um, meaning I, I like this doctor-patient relationship to be more of a partnership rather than me telling you to do something and then you not doing it and then coming back and then sort of having this limbo like, well, you're getting better, but you're not quite getting better. I think exercise might be the next step here, but if they're not compliant, then it's it, it's a difficult. And again, you know, this this can change as I move you know further into my career, uh, but I think it's too soon to tell. Sure. No, but I think that's a great answer. Yeah, I think I think most patients would would like the fact that we're in a partnership uh, that you're trying to help guide them through their mm-hmm. own symptoms. And, yeah, you're not there to, to fix them 100. percent You're there to help them get it through this. So totally. I think that's a good mindset for you. Yeah, so, I like to push that. autonomy. Sorry. No, I think that's good. Uh, also, another question I was curious about, you were the president of the adjusting club at our school. Uh, I just wanted to ask you how your experience was with being the president and if, if you felt like the time there really benefited your adjusting skills, having to teach it and then mm-hmm. perform it in front of you know, several students. And yeah. I just wanted to get your experience from you. Totally. I think that being, you know, being able to serve as club president for the adjusting club at uh, UWS has been one of the best, if not one of the top three things, uh, the best things I could have done for myself clinically and practically. And I say this because when we were learning adjusting, it's one thing to, it's one thing to know how to adjust, right? To be able to execute it and perform it. But it takes a whole set of different skill to teach it. And I found that by helping teaching it to the lower, younger, uh, younger students in the program and just being open to, to failing and fumbling my words and then eventually getting better and better, I had a deeper understanding of the, not just the science, but rather the art of manipulation. And that, that alone, I, I felt that it set me uh, just over the edge in terms of like, you know, hands-on manipulation proficiency going into clinic in eighth quarter. Uh, you know, I've, I, I remember a few of my colleagues 
during the program who were worried, like, man, I'm afraid that I can't adjust this patient, you know, this first, you know, first impressions matter. And, you know, if I'm not able to, to, you know, execute a clean adjustment on the first time around, then I, I, I may, might, I might've lost that patient, right? Especially since this is sort of a school setting, the patients understand that they're coming in to see a student. Right. But because I was able to serve that role and, and, you know, been, been in a position to help mentor other students with their adjusting skills, that was not at all in my mind. I, I could focus more of my time and attention to other things like, you know, uh, differential diagnoses, uh, condensing my flow, choosing the right orthopedic and physical exams to do instead of just doing the entire gamut <laughs> like we are taught, you know? Yeah. Um, and then when it came to adjusting, I didn't have to think about how I wanted to uh, set up this patient or adjust this patient. I, I just, I, I did it so much and so frequently, it, it came naturally. Awesome. Uh, do you feel like having to explain the adjustments to other students that when you were explaining it, what you were doing to a patient, that it, it came out smoother as well? Huge. 100%. The, in terms of transfer, right? Um, like I didn't actively practice explaining exercises to a bunch of people during the program, except for when I was in clinic. Mm-hmm. But when I got to clinic, that skill almost became better uh, because... I've had to digest, you know, how to do, like, I find adjusting to be somewhat of a a step-by-step, like, process. Like, you have to kind of be really methodical about how you set up and how you do this and do that. You can't just do it. I mean, unless you've been in practice for 10, 20 years and you're just, uh, you know, a, a master, but uh, otherwise, you know, like for me, even now with adjusting, uh, even though I feel comfortable with manipulation, um, I still go at it with a very uh, methodical way, you know? Okay, I got to fold the hands first. I got to do this, 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 this. Then I, you know, impulse. So, no, it's a, uh, I, if... I mean, I, I hope that uh, the future students, if I, if I could pass them a message, I say, get involved in club. It'll pay you dividends, you know, like in the long run. Yes, I would agree with that. And I, I kind of just touching on what you got to experience, um, I think uh, is some, somewhat similar to what would be considered mastery learning mm-hmm. uh, in a sense that you, you learn it, you practice it yourself, and then you teach it to someone else. So you learn it, you use it, you teach it. Um, and that's that's essentially what you just described, right? Um, and I think that helped ingrain it into you just so well. Um, and, and working with you, because we, we were on the same uh, uh, same clinic doc. That's right. Uh, Dr. Ondik. Dr. Ondik, bless his heart. Yeah, watching you with patients and... I mean, I mean, honestly, I looked up to you in clinic. Like you were kind of the the guy under Dr. Ondek who knew what he was doing, knew how to explain what he was doing, knew why he was doing it. Um, again, just kind of that that mastery level of knowledge was was there. So um, I think that's big, very very big. 
Thanks, man. That's really sweet. You're going to make me cry this call, man. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen you, and here you are pumping my tires. Love it. Hey, man. Well deserved. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's kind of shift gears here a little bit. I want to hear, like, let's let's kind of think into the future a little bit. Okay. Um, you've, you've got your license, and mm -hmm. you're, you're starting practice. What's that look like for you? So I have just accepted a position to at uh, a clinic here in Victoria called Total Body Health Victoria. And uh, I'm going to be working alongside some superstars here uh, in, in the community. Um, the, these, these chiros, these docs have been in the clinic. The owners of the clinic have been there for close to 15 years now. And um, they, they're very involved. And I can't wait to start, to be honest with you. You know, it's been a long time coming. Uh, I've, I've had some, some hiccups along the way, but here I am still pushing and looking forward to doing what I feel like I'm meant to do, you know, after all this time and, 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 you know, blood, sweat and tears through the program. That was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life thus far. You know, I, I say that, that, that was definitely challenging at some moments, but boy, is it so worth it. Like I'm not even working right now, and and yet I feel like it, it, I'm 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 where I need to be. You know, I think that's that's quite powerful. Yeah, I think um, it's. And uh, I hope that I hope that doesn't change. You know, five ten years from now. No, um, you know, it it might change in in a way, but I think that um, that longing and, and desire to help your patients and, and getting to mm -hmm. do that, I think that's going to stick around regardless, right? So, yeah, what a privilege, you know, at the end of the day to be able to do what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree 100%. I think it also, the longevity piece is um, enjoying where you are and mm -hmm. that you work with. Yeah, you know, I think that's been my biggest thing is switching clinics has been, you know, it doesn't even really feel like work because like, I'm just helping people and I'm around mm -hmm. a bunch of awesome staff. And so, you mm -hmm. know, that definitely sounds like it's going to be a good career coming up. So, yeah, really excited for you. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Me too. So on that same kind of vein, what's next for you uh, personally? Like, What else do you have going on? What's your thoughts, hopes, dreams? Personally? Oh, you mean like right now? Um, personally, I'd like to, you know, devote a little bit more time into building more of a social media presence. Um, either that be through Instagram, but more specifically through YouTube. And then now that, you know, uh, we're, we're still in a pandemic, uh, unfortunately, and, you know, there's this sort of roller coaster with COVID cases, um, but we're doing fairly well here on the island in Victoria. So as things start to open up, I'd like to do a little bit more outreach um, and marketing, but do it in a way that's me giving my time yeah. and getting to and. and and building a relationship, you know, rather than starting, like, uh, what I'm trying not to do is go out and sell. What I want to do is go out and meet people and, and, and make relationships, you know, and then, and then eventually, right, those relationships could potentially turn into uh, potential patients or, you know, a, a source of word of mouth at the very least. And yeah. you definitely got the, uh, the gift of gap, if you will, um, 
very good at talking to people. So I think that's going to be a very good use of your time, for sure. I, I think so too. I'm, you know, looking forward to to being a part of this community, right? Because in you know, back in Seattle, I, I I had a community that that I was involved with, and so integrating into into my first few years of practice would would have been uh, less of a challenge. But being here in Victoria, where I'm very new here, and you know, I moved here right at the height of the pandemic, and so I haven't been able to actually go out and meet anyone in person you know shake somebody's hand look somebody in the eyes and say hey you know how are you um it's been a while since i've been able to do that so i'm looking forward to to getting to do that and start to to just make more connections in my community because if, if i'm going to serve my community i need to i want to be a part of my community first you know yeah yeah and Nick, I wanted to touch on, you, know, you said you've been trying to build a social media presence. What kind yes. of things have you been posting? Are you posting like home exercises? Are you posting about conditions? What, what does that look like? What, uh, specifically on my Instagram channel right now, uh, Dr. Yap DC, go give us a, give me a, a check, check me out on Instagram. So what I've been doing is I've been recording specific exercises to address specific conditions. So what I like to do with the Instagram and then eventually evolving this Instagram platform into YouTube is to uh, carry over the same principle, but then now start to build an exercise database that I can then use for my future patients to refer back to. Because frankly, in 15 minutes, I want to spend, I want to maximize treatment time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if, if it's a, a motor control deficiency with an exercise, then I'll do it in the visit but if they're like a you know if these are young athletes that are coming to see me and, and i know that they've got great body awareness uh i can save time on showing them the exercises on treatment and then just send them home with hey go to my youtube channel look at look up this this exercise this exercise and then they can just do a self-guided exercise routine from from those platforms Right. I like it. I like that a lot. I think that'll be a great resource for your patients. So. Yeah, and so you know, you know, not having to pay for it. Just, nope, it's part of the service, and they get to see a familiar face do an exercise, and which I think helps too, right? Versus uh, going to see somebody else on YouTube. Not that it's not effective. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. You know, what I'm doing is being done. I just like to have it be something that's mine. You know, my take on it. Well, and they get to hear your soothing voice at the same time. <laughs> so and you know, Dane is quite the uh, YouTube aficionado, so he'll appreciate having your uh, your videos up there. I'm pretty uh -huh. sure Dane doesn't know how to use any other form of video or audio listening, Spotify, iTunes, anything like that. He just goes to YouTube. So YouTube, True. I love YouTube. I'll follow you. Yeah, hundred percent. I'll subscribe and like. Yeah, so, so, so Nick, Dr. Yap, DC, um, where else can they find you? Oh, I'm in the process of finishing up my website. So as of right now, uh, either Facebook or, you know, Facebook, uh, first name Nicholas, last name Yap. You can find me at Dr. Yap, DC. If you send me uh, a DM on Instagram, uh, I can connect you to the website once it's up and I can also share my email with you or I can share my email on here as well if you guys wanted to reach me for any personal questions in the audience. Very cool. Yeah. Any, uh, any closing statements you want to make? Yes. First of all, 
it's been so great talking to the both of you. It's been way too long. It's uh, really nice to hear your voices again. And I'm so glad to hear that you guys are doing well in Colorado, right? Colorado? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me on this show. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. And I can't wait for, you know, the new episodes to come out again. Well, we appreciate your time. You're an awesome human, awesome chiropractor. So I think people will enjoy listening to this episode for you. And your patients will be lucky to be seeing you. So. Oh, thanks for that. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to be jealous of your patients because they're going to get to you and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are too funny. All right, now. Well, again, thank you for being on the show. We appreciate your time. And uh, if anybody needs a doc out in uh, Victoria, yeah? Victoria, BC. Yes. If anybody needs a doc out there? Doc Find me on Instagram. Yes. And I'd be happy to, you know, if it's not me, I'd be happy to connect you with somebody who can better suit you as well, whoever that may be. All right, Nick. Thanks again. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. And another great episode done. If you've enjoyed your time here, don't forget to give us a like, follow, and share. We appreciate it.